Act promising to scrap the building consent process, which would mean builders could opt out of the council consent process and use building insurance as an alternative. The Act leader, David Seymour, is with us. Very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. How many people would do it, and is the industry robust enough for the little guy who goes, I tell you what, I don't want to take the risk anymore, and he doesn't build any more houses? Well, the little guy can keep going to the council uh, if that's what he wants to do. But I just know that if we don't find ways to get more affordable and innovative building techniques and materials into New Zealand, then we're always going to be a place that is practically uninhabited uh, but has a shortage of homes for actual people. That's one of our biggest policy failings in the last 30 years. Um, And I just look at an experience I had last year. I was trying to help a, a constituent being a local MP, help a guy get um, a new type of jib board approved by Auckland Council at the height of the jib crisis. It was nothing controversial. It's stuff that's frequently used in Australia. Uh, and what the uh, council, what transpired, is that the guy at Auckland Council who's responsible for registering new building materials had gone home without his laptop for about three weeks and no one had heard from him. Now, you know, that's if they get through one council, there's 66 others and people wonder... Uh, why it's so hard to get competition in the building materials market in New Zealand. Access, if you can get it insured privately, get someone to sign off and underwrite a guarantee on the workmanship, Mm. then you can do it your way without waiting for that kind of rubbish. I was talking to Rick Hurd from Naylor Love earlier on, and so uh, I I think he's typical of what we're getting by way of reaction. Good idea, because everyone hates the consenting process at the moment, and everyone agrees with you on the terms of um, the, the difficulties we have. His argument then is no one's going to insure most people. They're not going to take the risk. Where, where, where's all this cover coming from? Well, if you look at it overseas, in some cases, the government has actually had to underwrite it at some level. Um, that's never Act's first choice. But if you were to say uh, the government will do an underwriting of insurance on new builds, uh, then it's up to the individual insurers to assess the risk in each case. So let's say you've got a new building technique or actually an old building technique from Japan that's new to New Zealand. Over there they build faster, cheaper uh, and better uh, homes generally. Uh, I think you'd find that you know there would be people willing to do that. Would they need some more backup, be underwritten by government? Potentially, they do something a bit like that in Queensland, also in the UK. Hmm. Um, but the point is to get rid of this council monopoly and allow private actors to assess risk, because what we've got right now uh, is far too slow, far too limiting on innovation, and still puts ratepayers on the hook when things do go wrong, such as leaky buildings. And, and presumably the argument would be that the good ones would attract insurance cover, therefore you would go to the good builders and the difficult ones would go out of business anyway. Yeah, that's right. And the other crucial thing is that if you're insuring privately, you're prepared to weigh up what the risks really are. If you're the council, uh, there's no upside to saying yes to something that's new or innovative, because if you get another leaky buildings, you're stuffed. Um, On the other hand, uh, if you actually want to do new and innovative stuff, get stuff built faster, more affordable, higher quality, then we need innovation. And what we have right now, vis-a-vis my story with the guy Uh, trying to get the new jib board in. If you can't get something like that done uh, in any length of time in New Zealand, then there's no way that we're going to see innovation and get the more affordable housing that we want. Uh, National on board with us or not, or we don't know? Uh, Look, I I think they will be. I mean, they they know that there's a problem. They do want to make change in housing. But like a lot of things, it's going to require 
uh, a few ACT MPs in there persuading them that what we're doing isn't working, we've got to make real change, and uh, this is not going to be another case of business as usual, but wear a blue tie on Monday. How, well, explain this to me, because a funny story over the weekend, uh, the quote-unquote, you, ACT, have floated the possibility of a, quote, new kind of governing arrangements, which made me laugh given we've been here before. So your confidence and supply idea. How realistic are you about actually being in government with National versus going, do this, this, this or this, and we'll sit on the cross benches? Well, first of all, our strong preference is to be in government with the Nats, Act and National, joining hands around the Cabinet table, implementing a clear work programme to turn this country around. I mean, that's what we need. Um, but I just say to people while we're talking about insurance this morning, um, Act is also prepared to say, no, 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 if you guys aren't prepared to genuinely share power, start reversing uh, Labour policies and do some policy innovation, then we'll just sit a bit further away. You'll still be Prime Minister, Chris, but you will have to do a lot more negotiating day to day to make sure that people who gave their party vote to act actually get some value for their vote because yeah. they deserve value too. Indeed. And if, but do sorry. they have value not knowing what those things are that you will go, this is what we need to have across the line before you go to some sort of confidence, confidence and supply? I mean, what I passes what the test, what doesn't? I hear what you're saying. I, I, I think it's a question of how specific you want to be because a lot of stuff will happen in three years. But what we are saying is that in three years' time, I know you won't have me back and people won't vote for us again if we can't show that the amount of government red tape and regulation, government spending, government waste and tax has not been reduced more than it would be if National were left to their own devices. Uh, if we can't show that the pendulum between rights for victims and consequences for criminals has not shifted with a bit of extra rehab in prison along the way, then you probably won't want us back. And if we can't show that the role of the treaty in our society uh, has been shifted from a partnership between races and lazy division and social services, uh, instead made uh, a document that gives us all the same rights and duties in a liberal democratic society, then you probably won't want us back. So you start with those three themes of where we need to make more progress than National alone would make, mm. then you've got a very strong idea of what you're voting for. And then there's people uh, around farming and firearms and so on who will say, well, look, there's some specific things that need to change as well. All right. Appreciate your time very much, David Seymour, the Act, um, act Leader. Let me come back to that in just a couple of moments. Floated the possibility of a new kind of governing arrangement. For more from the Mike Hosking Breakfast, listen live to News Talk ZB from 6am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.